0: Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I'd like to welcome you to Lunatic Mondays on CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. Tonight, we have a guest with whom I'm dying to ask her everything, because, you know, her book is amazing. Uh, Shanna Parkinson. She's from Saint Paul, uh, MN, Minnesota. Is that Minnesota? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, She's a psychic intuitive who has worked as a spiritual mentor, speaker, and tarot reader for 15 years. She has helped hundreds of clients achieve their goals and restore energy in their lives. And you can learn about her work at www.shandaparkinson.com. And I am so happy first that you said yes and that you agreed to come to this Lunatic Mondays. And second, I cannot wait to to speak about your experiences because reading your book, I feel like I know you. (laughs) Yeah, that's psychic. Tell them that's psychic. I feel like I know you. But reading your book, we have very parallel experiences. Um, But before I go into that, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm super happy to be here. Good to meet you,
0: Laura. Good to meet you as well. So tell us, how did you discover that you were a psychic when did that kick in in your life Ooh,
1: that was everybody has their own story they're all so unique you know and nobody's really it follows the same path I, I'm always mesmerized by that and I love that question um because this was not something that I knew anything about nor did I have like a bunch of really interesting experiences as a kid you know um my my path wasn't like that it was I was a very <clears throat> You know, raised in a, a pretty conservative religious upbringing, I didn't have any knowledge or understanding of what any of this was and I can't say that I really. I was an imaginative dreamy child, but um, this really didn't happen until I was in well into my 20s. Um, I moved out to the East Coast to go to graduate school. And when I was there, um, within the first six months, I had three family members who were near and dear to me, um, cross over. And I left me kind of spinning and in a space of um, confusion and grief. And it set me on my, like a determined path to understand all things uh, spiritual and what happens to us when we die. And I was ready and raring to explore whatever it was I could get my hands on to try to understand the soul's journey and the soul's path. And I talked to, I talked to Catholic priests, I talked to rabbis, I talked to, I went into a Hindu temple, and I wanted to talk to um, anybody that was willing to talk to me. And I tried my darndest to put this together, how this works. Um, And then um, I took it upon myself to spend a ton of time in meditation activities to try to achieve an out of body experience thinking, oh, maybe if I if I achieve an out-of-body experience, I could connect with my loved ones that just died. Of course, this was how I was coping with loss and grief. Um, but surprisingly, through hours and hours and hours <laughs> of meditation, suddenly I was connecting in with beautiful guides and beings and hearing voices and receiving messages for myself and for others. And it that snowballed and started my path and my journey to. Um, working with my own gifts and abilities like I said I didn't know anything about this I didn't even really know what was happening at first Um, but in I stumbled upon a spiritualist temple in Boston and got a chance to ask my questions and experience mediumship for the first time which is connecting with loved ones that are crossed over and it blew my mind and it was like home so for the first time then I experienced something that was like home and then I was able to understand what was happening to me and use that um, that gift or ability in a way to start uh, to help myself and then to eventually learn how to help others. So it was a very, I wish it could have came to me or started my path in a little bit of a different way and not so tragically, but I, I I'm blessed. I consider myself blessed because I was able to take the grief and the pain and the trauma of that time and turn it into something. Um, useful and um, and exciting and um, to start to explore and understand more about the soul's path and the soul's journey and reconnect with my family members. So that's a long story, um, <laughs> my story, but um, how I kind of came to doing this work. And I just, just kept exploring one thing after another um, and couldn't stop
0: so yeah so first of all my condolences and you you know because one grieving one family member is hard grieving three at once I can only imagine so my heart goes out to you and yours but at the same time (coughs) excuse me at the same time what a wonderful gift they they left you with because they put you on this path and and now you utilize this gift and ability to to help others how did you get into writing what, what inspired you to actually write a book oh my
1: heavens well to be to be honest I I have like four planets in Gemini in my astrology chart and those of you that are listening that are into astrology you know a few things about air signs we you know tend to enjoy the realm of words and thoughts and ideas Um, I was teaching a class at a conference and uh, the owner of Llewellyn Worldwide was attending, which I didn't know. And she really enjoyed my presentation. And she came up to me afterwards and said, can you put this into a book? Um, And so that's how this, that's how my book, my first book came about. And I, I, I grappled with it. I put together an outline. I sent it in um, to find out if this is what they were looking for. And and they were super excited about it. And, and so that's that's how it came to be. But you know what happened was that I was able to take all the meditative experiences that I put myself through for so many years um, into a book that, I'm, because I'm a I'm an extroverted introvert, I don't really necessarily do well in group environments in a learning atmosphere myself. So how was I gonna learn? <laughs> how to grow and develop my own gifts and abilities by myself. I had to come up with a a system, a method, a way of, um, of learning. And I wanted to provide that for other people as well. So this book is, is the labor of love. That's a combination of all the things that I explored and practiced and found actually worked um, to help open gifts and abilities. And that I also discovered that it also helped other people open Mm -hmm. their own gifts and abilities. And so it seemed like it was a, it was going to be a very practical, um, d- super down to earth tool. And so, um, I took off with this project. It was super successful. And then I'm, I'm now in the midst of an, of a second writing project. So,
0: that is yeah. awesome. And obviously, when the second book comes out, which mm-hmm. she has shared with me, what the book is going to be about. I don't know if you can share publicly. But- yes. It's okay.
1: <laughs> yes, it's tarot tarot and meditations. So first, we're doing meditations to connect in with psychic your psychic abilities, and the second one will be meditations for connecting with the tarot. Um, yeah, I'm all I'm all about it. Uh, any way that you can learn on your own, yeah. um, and he, not everybody's a you know a
0: class or group environment person. and yeah. yeah. And you know, as a as a teacher, because I you know teach two classes and. Not meditation. First of all, the book that we're talking about for those who haven't put two and two together, uh, Shanna Parkinson's "Meditations for Psychic Development: Practical Exercises to Awaken Your Sixth Sense." That is the book that we're talking about, "Meditations for Psychic Development," and then she's talking about her new new book that is in the works that it will be, uh, tarot and meditations. Correct. Yep. So for that, obviously, we're going to invite her back to the show, and we're going to be talking about tarot and meditations, because as you all know, I'm a professional tarot reader. Uh, that's how I pay the bills. And, uh, but I also teach, uh, Chandra, and I was, I always like to learn new ways in which other teachers do things, and me, and probably half of the population, if not more see the word meditation and immediately shun it like no I cannot cry my mind I'm a shutter box I cannot do it I there's no way I can meditate. <laughs> Why do you think people shy away so much from even from just the word? Oh totally I think
1: especially for some well and I'm I'm admittedly also have an inability to sit still for long periods of time and so I think when people hear The word meditation, it's like, oh my gosh, that means I have to sit for an hour in complete silence and not, do. and so it's like, well, okay, but there's lots of forms of meditation. Guided visualization is a form of meditation. Um, We're we're tapping into and opening your third eye and sixth sense through this process. So these are little guided um, journeys and experiences. And if you can look at meditation in a number of different ways, some of them just breath, just focusing on your breath. There's so many different ways to meditate, and it's not, it does not require that you discipline yourself to sit for periods of time on end without being um, directed in some way um, through an exercise. So, to be able to hold something, if I can focus on something in my mind, like a process or a, a journey or a place to go to a sanctuary in nature, for example, which comes up in my book several times to connect in with spirit or to connect in with a guide. Um, It's intentional, it's focused, there are steps to the process. So we're not just throwing you into um, a void, um, (laughs) a space and time and hoping that you come back with something you're definitely going to be directed. And there, you will see in the book as well, most of the meditations say 10 to 15 minutes max, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Like you don't need a lot of time. You just need it consistent and ongoingly. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the other thing that people shy away, now that we are so, and I know a couple of liberals are born to lose their marbles, that we're all woke. <laughs> 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 that, that we are all aware, which is the right word to use. Mm-hmm. Um, aware of other cultures, aware of cultural appropriation, aware of uh, not tapping into that. Uh, a lot of people think meditations are exclusive to one particular culture mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. one particular part of the world. And they are unaware that meditation happens in every culture. And even the indigenous people of Mexico, the so-called Aztecs, my mm-hmm. ancestors, um, they would sit in contemplation. And and it will be a five minute, 10 minute exercise in the morning. And then right before you go to bed, mm-hmm. it will be a five or 10 minute exercise on contemplation. And it's just that the word is tied up to just one particular culture.
1: Right. Yeah, and that breaking that down is so, oh my gosh, do, do, I just feel the relief. Like I feel, I feel relieved. Like I'm not impinging on anybody else's. Um, you know, you know, cultural heritage and, and or closed practices, like, I think it's okay to be really sensitive to like, okay, what are um, indigenous cultures declaring as closed practices? And let's just be mindful of that. I think it's good to do the research and honor those things. But meditation is not one of those things. (laughs) Meditation, like you're meditating when you're driving long distances.
0: Exactly. You know, uh, when you're cooking, and you're stirring the pot, right you know you're, yeah. you're meditating right there yeah. and and i've shared with some of my apprentices as well you know if you think you can acquire the mind find an instrumental song that you like and just sit with that music for three minutes you know but uh, what i was telling you earlier as a as a mentor to learn how many different ways other people do the thing yeah. and and yeah. to learn the things that you yeah. may agree with or the things that you may not agree with, right. but always to be knowledgeable and telling your apprentices, so-and-so does it this way, so-and-so does it this way, I do it this way, I learn it from blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think your book has that richness of finding new ways of doing things or or ways that are new to, to you. And I love how you laid out um, and, we, and then we're going to go deep into the different kinds of declares, uh, <laughs> but first explaining which is which, and then doing the meditations and that you said at the beginning, and then you can pick and choose and do it a la carte, if you will. Uh, <laughs> I, I love how the book is laid out, especially for me that I'm a very slow reader I'm an ESL. I'm a very slow reader. And then I interview authors. So I'm always with a book in my hands. But uh, tell us a little bit about how it was laid out because I love how it was laid out. How you explain about the Claire's first.
1: Yeah, I, well, and I have to give credit to my, you know, the team of people that works with me at Llewellyn um, to help me really kind of coordinate <laughs> the best way to lay out the information that I wanted to share. They were amazing, amazing to work with. Um, but I feel like you said so beautifully, how you, how you suggested that like, hey, if we can figure out what our gifts, natural gifts are, how we're naturally hardwired because I'm not the same as you is not the same as the next person, um, How do our clairs work for us, and which are the top ones so that we can dive and delve into those like strengths first? like you might be able to have all the clairs at some point express through you through your channel. Let's focus on the things that are the strongest for you first, and then go from there. And then you build you have a very strong um, foundation to build upon. Um, so I'm a huge fan of going with um, and exploring what your clairs are first. And you can do that a number of different ways. There's a, a little questionnaire in the book that goes through um, about 12 to 15 questions, I think, and it will sort of help you clarify yeah. what might likely be your top Claire's. And then the rest of the book will, sh- will lead you through it. Like, okay, if you're highly clairvoyant, here are the meditation exercises for you. If you're a clairsentient primarily, here's how it works for you. Stick to the activities, the exercises, like, I'm not going to lie, going through the book from beginning to end is probably um the best idea because then you don't miss anything that might be really valuable Absolutely. as a concept but then go back through it again and just pick and choose your favorite chapters like you can reuse it and go back and do them do them again just focus on the things that you're super crazy about that you love or that work really well for you you know yeah. not everybody has to do all of these things well to be a to be able to tap into their own uh, and
0: I, I yeah. think uh, two things that you say in the book that I really, really like. And of course, we are going to invite everybody to get the book so you can mm-hmm. get your own experience, so you can do the questionnaire, so you can find out what kind of ability you have more heightened. But there are two things that you see in the book that really resonated with me that I was like, yes, yes you know. <laughs> uh, the first thing that you said is everybody is a psychic. <laughs> We just need to learn how to build the muscle and strengthen that ability. (laughs) Why do you think, other than Hollywood, uh, why do you think there is this misconception that there's only a few gifted people? Oh my gosh.
1: Well, I just think our culture, our pop culture set it up that way, unfortunately. Like you said, Hollywood and then Um, And then, then there are the very select few psychics that actually make it onto a television show, but yeah, movies, television, um, the media sometimes can make it sound like you have to be some sort of select chosen one to, to be able to do this. And I think that's just been such a a weird misperception that's gotten so buried in our, our, our subconscious and our psyches that um, to break that down. The word psychic means of the soul. So if you have a soul and you know how to connect in, <laughs> you're psychic. Um, everybody has the potential. Everybody. And so that's just, I mean, for me, it's it's um uh breaking down this weird misperception that it is only for a few. We are all. We all have a sixth sense. So we all have the ability to hone and refine that. We all have the ability. we all can tap and connect in with information from the unknown in whatever way, shape, or form that um works naturally for
0: us. Um, yeah you know how I <coughs> compare it or exemplify it to my view of heroism. It's like singing. You know, we were all born with, unless you were unfortunately born without them. Um, (laughs) We all have vocal cords. We all have a mouth. We all can push air through our vocal cords Mm -hmm. and make sound. Technically, all of us can sing. There is only one Freddie Mercury. There is only (laughs) one Adele. You know, some are very gifted people that didn't have to work super hard on that strength and their ability but mm-hmm. would I be able to sing and carry a tune and do a karaoke absolutely you mm-hmm. know so I think that is where the strength comes to the practice and obviously these wonderful exercises and meditations that you have in the book the second thing that I really appreciate you have no idea how much I appreciate that you mentioned in your book don't try to do it all I <laughs> your strength, work with that, and then work with everything else, because I've noticed a very common place, especially for neophytes and you know a little bit younger people, uh, <laughs> we want to do everything and we want to be good at everything and we want to achieve everything. And that is, I think, uh, an illness over time because instant gratification. Uh, why is it so important that you focus on one thing at a time?
1: Oh my gosh, well part of it is to actually see yourself making some progress. <laughs> and the second thing is to, um, um, you know, I'm super practical about this, like I'm not going to lead a bunch of people through a class or a thing or work with people individually, um, if I'm not going to also set them up to like hope that they will use their gifts in some way. Um, to help others you know so it's a very practical means to an end like in other words if we're not starting with the basics of how we function best how we receive best and then we build upon there then we are just going to sit and spin we're going to sit and spin and we're going to not have that clarity that sense of direction or that focus Um, because ultimately to a means to an end through all of this process and for development I hope for some people is to actually give back in some way Uh, to humanity and to society either even if it's just through a blog or you channel messages through a book or you I don't care how you do it whatever your method is but hopefully in some way shape or form you can find yourself even if it's just giving to your family um, utilizing your gifts and abilities to help your friends um, whatever it is Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it sets you up for a successful path forward Um, I don't know how many times I've had people come through my my psychic boot camp, and they've just been so frustrated when they at the get go, like, I just feel like this thing is shut down, or I've been doing this for a while, and it hasn't worked, where is it gone? And it's like, oh, boy, you know, so structuring how your gifts and abilities work, because we're working in the unknown realms, we need as much structure as we possibly can. So why not set yourself up to to be successful and to be able to really explore what your gifts Mm -hmm. and abilities are and then blossom and grow from there
0: yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. and the other thing is in my opinion you know there's a lot of confusion where people think because again how the word has been misused Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people grab words and just use them for whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the word psychic, you know, which is like say of the soul Mm -hmm. and people think a psychic is a medium, a person Mm -hmm. that sees the dead people. That Mm -hmm. is a psychic. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, there's so many other different ways of being a psychic. Uh, When I was doing the, (laughs) when I was reading and looking at the questionnaire, I was like, yes, 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 you know, because I am, a, I'm, I'm one of those mixed bags, and mm-hmm. yeah. it's funny, because I have always fancied myself as not being a clairvoyant, um, and, and that was part of my ignorance, you know, saying, because I never see the people, I can feel them, I can hear them, I can, but I don't see them, so I'm not a clairvoyant, and then by the definitions of your book, like, but I'm a tarot reader, so I do yeah. see. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So can you explain a little bit of the difference between the clairvoyant and clairsentient?
1: That's great. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and like you said, also recognizing that the clairs might move through you a little differently than that does for me. Um, and 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 yes, you're a visual person, you probably get pretty inspired. So clairvoyance being very deeply connected to, to inner vision or outer vision, meaning that there might be signs and symbols that you're picking up visually. Those are visual cues. That's a way spirit is working through you. That does classify you as clairvoyant. Yes, absolutely. So what you see, what you feel, um, clairsentient, um, you know, those that consider themselves to be very compassionate, empathic souls, um, and also feel a lot of um, emotional energy when they're with others, that's, cl- that's clairsentient. but your primary, if that's your primary strength, obviously you're going to feel things first before you really understand, before you even really understand what you're feeling, it might come in as information through your heart or through your third chakra. Um, that's clear sentience. And then when we have clear audience, that's for, for folks that hear. Um, you might just have, and I don't mean like hearing and even hearing another voice. It can just be like, suddenly you have a thing in your head. It's like, where did that come from? Where did that thought enter from? That is clear audience. That's clear hearing. I think sometimes clear audience are the ones that, um, are the inspirers and the motivators and the inspirational speakers. And, you know, they just can, you know, deliver in the moment, um, insight, um, and then we have clear cognizance, which of course is clear knowing. Yeah, clear knowing. And and clear knowing is wonderful because it's like, I don't know really how I know this necessarily. I just know it and I know I know it. And, and we're gonna go with that. And then it ends up being accurate. So that's just as powerful. I think people think that, well, I just know things. So that's not really being psychic. It's like, well, that is really, really psychic actually. <laughs> That's one of the superpowers. Yeah.
0: Um, you yeah. know, when I was, when I was <laughs> growing up, uh, and again, you know, in, in the way that I learned it, you know, I don't see the spirits. I don't see, you know, the disembodied. And I've always said, and I'm glad that I'm a cognizant and, and not a clairvoyant because if I see something, I will probably poop my pants. <laughs> that would be upsetting. Because because again hollywood right and how they explain disabilities yeah and then reading the book i am convinced i i've always known that i had a little bit of a mixed bag Um, (laughs) but i will always say my my biggest and greatest is the clark cognizance and uh and like you said, you know, in the book, it's probably the less flashy of a moral, but uh, <laughs> because it's my favorite one, the one that I have the strongest, use, I think is the best one, of, obviously. <laughs> um, and But stop. the thing is, uh, growing up, you know, just knowing things got me in so many trouble. <laughs> just knowing things. Oh uh, and then believe me when I tell you people, when you're clearly cognizant and you start dating, it's not fun, it's not fun. Whoa, whoa. because you can you can tell you know like you're <laughs> you're going out with the other person or you you're cheating or you're lying, and I just keep telling people like don't don't even try lying to me, it's <laughs> not gonna work. You know I, I I just know things, um, and it's so much fun, it is so much fun to to come into your abilities, to work through them and to make them stronger. Like you say, to give back. Uh, We are given these abilities, heightened awareness for a reason. I believe, Chandra, and, and I would love to have your opinion on this. As a psychic, I believe that we are never allowed to see things that are too, too close. To us, That we're not allowed to see when mama's going to die. We're not allowed to see when the spouse is going to get sick. That we're not allowed to see certain things that are very, very close. What's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, I think I'm pretty mixed on that. I think I've, I've had clients and students who have seen things that have rattled them a bit that ended up coming true. Um, whether it was for themselves and their families or not. And it has rattled them and they need to know what to do with that. And most of the time they come in because they want to be able to, to shut it down. And rather than shutting it down, just find a way to redirect that the energy. Because I think what people don't realize is you also don't have to just accept at face value everything that you you get and receive. That you can actually you know go back to your spirit team, who it's a collaborative relationship you're building with, other beings that are working with you and to be able to say I don't want that kind of information I'm not open to that kind of information I I don't want information that's not helpful supportive um, healthy um, that sets me up or them up um, that I can't you know because we see things of a future future nature that we have no control over and that's not helpful so I've remembered beginning to redirect that early on with my spirit team that I wasn't going to be open to seeing somebody's death day I wasn't going to be open to seeing really tragic circumstances and events and that's just not me that might be for other people other people might really enjoy that and that might be their zone and their niche but that wasn't going to be for me um I don't um I also feel that when you set up to work with your psychic gifts and abilities, you set up a protection, you set up boundaries and you set up a safety net and a, a mechanism that helps you know, filter, um, much more easily, um, things that are going to be super helpful and that aren't, but don't forget that you are, you also are in control of this process. You have a say, you don't need to just, I think that people get really afraid, um, if I open my gifts and abilities, I'm gonna see all things, everything. And it's that's just not um mm-hmm. how it works. We can set up filters, we can set up boundaries, and the more boundaried you are, the more open you can be to receiving things that are helpful um for yourself and for others. So I just knew early on I was not gonna be a I was not gonna be a, a doomsday bad news kind of psychic. If I saw something of a more negative nature which i i still do every once in a while but i'm going to turn that into something that is good and useful for the person Mm -hmm. yeah and before i deliver it you know yeah
0: yeah. i you know i have um i don't drive i'm Mm -hmm. like one of the three people in the united states that don't drive yeah i never learned i where i come from only the super wealthy have cars so Mm -hmm. i've never learned how to drive And I have a fear of driving because I have been in a couple of accidents. And Mm -hmm. so I'm always weary about Mm -hmm. getting in a car. Sure. But then there are moments when it's like hyper, you know, and I just tell my husband, you know, like for the next couple of days, honey, please ease on that accelerator. (laughs) (laughs) Slow down a little, wear your seatbelt, make make sure you, you know. And he has learned to, like, oh, shit, I have to do it, you know, because she's telling me. I think um, it is very important that we don't say, especially, you know, like a terror reader or a psychic, if you, yes, um, you. work with the public, yeah, to you. tell somebody, you're going to get into an accident, you know, yep. like, hey, yep. be cautious, slow down.
1: Yes, yes. there's Take a way, it, right, that you can deliver if you're concerned or feeling intuitive imprint impression, um, that feels important to tell somebody delivering that with care. Um, and also just being clear that, Hey, you know what? It is an option. You might not be, you might not be on, you might be picking up something else. So also we have to live with that discernment. Like, I don't know that I'm, I'm not hundred percent accurate as a psychic. And so I don't want to freak out the people around me, um, in case I'm seeing something in the wrong area, you know, and so it's okay to, I love that. I love how you reframed it. Like I'm feeling concerned, don't know if what my vision is, is necessarily um, uh, what's to come. But I'm just going to tell you, please be careful, you know, please be extra watchful. Um, I think that's healthy. Totally.
0: Thank you. another thing that i really really like about the book um is how you talk about intuition versus psychic psychic ability so can you can you tease us a little bit about that
1: oh yeah oh that is such an important because um you know why some people call themselves psychic intuitive which is really what i call myself um as a title um and people were like well why why aren't you just intuitive? Why don't you just call yourself an intuitive? Because they're very different. Um, How psychic uh, mechanisms work versus how our intuition works are completely different. They're intertwined, certainly. They can support one another, absolutely. But our intuition works like, um, it's like a compass or an antenna that is up and uh, connecting with our environment. And that's how Our intuition feeds us information from our environment that can support our feelings and our sense of things and our senses. So um, that's when people go, oh my gosh, why do I see the number 333? That's your intuition aligning and harmonizing with you. That's spirit's way of bringing you a message. That's not coming through a psychic, gift per se. That's your antenna. (laughs) That's your intuition, zoned in, tuned in. Good for you, you're receiving messages from your environment. Our psychic gifts are bringing in information that is of an undetermined nature that we couldn't have possibly um, previously known either about ourselves or another person. And so psychic information is a very bringing in psychic messages, tapping in psychically is a very different realm than or intuition, but obviously they can harmonize and work beautifully. Cause I could sit down with the number I'm seeing three, 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 my intuition keeps showing me this. I'm harmonized with my environment. My intuition is really strong. My psychic gifts can give me more information about why I might be seeing that number. So sit with my guide, sit in a, a space, a moment of quiet meditation. And suddenly I'm getting a message about why I might be seeing that number that's combining your psychic with intuition. Mm-hmm. So they operate and function in very differently. You can be intuitive without being psychic, but psychics are always also intuitive
0: mm-hmm. and so, absolutely yeah. and in my case, I combine that, and I bring all that to my therapist <laughs> <laughs> Hey. So I have a dream and then this happened and you know, <laughs> yes. it's, it's just wonderful. I, I highly recommend people to go to therapy. I almost mm-hmm. every show I mention therapy. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Probably like, oh my God, Lauren's really off the rails. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. That's why mm-hmm. I go to therapy I and rec- mm-hmm. highly recommend to everybody. Uh, you mentioned about journaling and, and paying attention. I, I am I, admittedly I am the worst because I don't journal. I am very gifted with an extremely good memory, so uh, all these like super uh, confirmation moments on my ability—they live in my mind, but they're never been put on paper. But it's so super important that that, especially for people that is getting started. To journal, the importance of journaling your dreams, the importance of journaling your confirmation moments, the importance Mm -hmm. of journaling when you were able to move the needle Mm -hmm. towards the other side and that the alarming thought or vision that you have didn't came through because Mm -hmm. you you, uh, redirected. Why is it so important that people write things down? (laughs) Why?
1: in the beginning um if i didn't write things down for myself oh man um i i'm a bit scattered you know mentally and i don't hold on to everything that i experience very well and so <laughs> i have journals from probably the first four or five years where i was exploring beyond that i don't much but i realized what was going on like you said in the beginning was establishing a um uh, a code or a system um symbols that were becoming repetitive that my guides and team my spirit team were bringing and delivering to me and trying to understand what those were all guiding me towards so if you're a beginner and you give yourself a chance to write down what you experience and you track it over time you start to notice patterns and so for me, it's all about the patterns. It's not because you're going to, oh, eventually you're going to write a book, although that's kind of cool too, of your experiences, but it's about reinforcing because this is a very isolated pathway you're on and you do it your way. I don't do yeah. it your way. And so how are you going to like track over time what's been happening? It's to be able to look back and say, oh my gosh, that happened. And then that happened. And now I, t- now I finally understand what spirit's trying to tell me through the messages dreams information yeah so i just say like yes beginners absolutely forever great but i'm like you laura i don't um write everything down that i experience anymore i'm more comfortable not having to track but but yes beginners definitely that's why there's a little journaling prompt yeah. at the end but you don't i mean you got to do what works for you if you're not going to you know you're not going to sit down and use the journaling tool just keep going <laughs> I don't care you know just keep going however it works for you um
0: don't think, but, but go back but go back to you because there's such thing as uh free cognizance and there's such thing as plus yes right Mm-hmm. and and that is when it's like so important that you wrote it down and then it happened or whatever and then you go back and you're like ah I knew it and it is important I think <clears throat> I know I said it like ah I knew it <laughs> I mean, we're human and it's like super cool when you have a moment of a confirmation but most importantly in my opinion Chandra when you find those confirmations is to learn how your ability communicates with you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have this experience. I have the confirmation. How did the experience came through? How did the vision or message, mm-hmm. did I smell it? Did I think about it? Did I, you know? Right. That is why it's so important. Of course, there is the cool factor of it because, you know, we're super cool. <laughs> we are
1: super but,
0: cool. But, but there is that... Uh, no, I've learned, for example, I was reading on the book, like, uh, are there uh, thoughts and ideas that you cannot go back to sleep until you talked about them? As my dear friend who <laughs> I call at three o'clock in the morning, like, hey, you know, uh, don't <laughs> go near the pier because, you know, I had a horrible dream about him at the pier in Chicago. And so I call him at three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to scare you, but please, be mindful blah blah and then he tells me you know what was going on and mm-hmm. and that was important you know that I called at three o'clock in the morning but mm-hmm. I have I have learned that the more bizarre the more unlikely my thoughts mm-hmm. the more it's gonna happen <laughs> and and so that I think that helps you understand how your own ability works and how your your sure. particular language, I guess, if you will. Yeah,
1: and, like, some things, messages <clears lies throat> will come through people, especially if you're clairvoyant, in symbols or images. But it's not about the symbol and the image itself. It's about what it represents, you Perfect. know. It's about what um, the the metaphor, like, a lot of imagery, like, I see a ton of ships and boats and water and forever. I'm like, oh, are you traveling? Are you going on a trip? And they're like, no um but what spirit was really trying to say was okay they're dealing with something really deep like an emotional wound and so it took me a few years to get yeah. my bearings and i think that i think also there's a little impatience sometimes with the process like if you can give yourself lots of grace and patience um that this is going to be a bit of a roller coaster ride at first and don't expect perfection this no. has no room for perfection. You know, this is not a field for you if you expect that you're gonna get going and you're gonna be perfect every time. Yeah. Like like you said earlier, the the celebrity version of us is not what where we're starting out the gate. We gotta work at it a bit. It takes some time.
0: Yeah. But everybody can do it, absolutely. And you know, the thing about um yes is real. No, it's not math. <laughs> and yes, you can change it. You know, because a tarot reader, sometimes I have my clients come back and saying, Oh my God, everything you told me happened. And I'm <laughs> like, oh my God, everything I told you was so you could change it. <laughs> so it didn't happen. <laughs> you know. But but not everybody feels that way. I, I don't want to leave uh, because we're having such a good time and time is just <laughs> flying. Have you looked at the clock? Yes, I just saw that. <laughs> yeah, so I want to share my experience with you because then I want you to share your experience with us. Okay. When I was 17, no, when I was 16 years old, I had a tarot reading that I had to ask permission from my mom to get the mm-hmm. reading. And that reader, that psychic told me that I was not going to live in Mexico forever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that I was going to marry a person from a different country Mm -hmm. and that I should be doing healing, tarot and otherwise. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I live in the United States. I married my husband who is half German Mm -hmm. and um um this is what i do for a living right i'm a i'm a witch for hire i'm a tarot reader <laughs> psychic healer etc uh we are <clears throat> excuse me we are out there and we are real and we can see the things i cannot let you go without hearing about your experience with your tarot reading that you talk about the book
1: <laughs> yes and you know i was very um skeptical in the beginning I was not super open-minded to all of this in the beginning it was very intimidating for me just like it is I think for a lot of people but I was at a party the gal who was hosting the party we'd all had a little you know some wine and we were having a good time and she brought out her tarot deck and said does anyone want a reading and I was like absolutely I will try it I my guard is down I'm in a playful mood. Why not? This just keeps coming up. So sure, I'll try it. She did a reading for me. I could not believe um, the things that she just knew about me looking at the cards, not even knowing those things about me. There was no way she could have known. This was in the days before social media. You know, I just, I look back and I'm like, how could she have possibly tapped in to the struggles I was going through in my career? Um, and then she told me those things and I was so blown away. I did not forget about it. The next day I went to um, Barnes and Noble and picked up a tarot deck. I didn't know what I was doing, what I was buying. I I walked out the store with a deck I, I and I didn't look back ever since. And I just started, uh, you know, reading the cards, absorbing myself in that r- world. That's how I started doing psychic readings was with tarot cards, you know, um, and, and I'm glad and I still use that tool obviously, to this day, and so um, that tool changed my life. It gave me a, it gave me a method and a way to understand myself like nothing else, and so I'm so grateful that I, I got exposed to that and that I opened myself to it, um, so yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's my story about tarot. Not a huge fan before, uh, uh, obviously, um an enormous fan now, so.
0: And you know, I think, uh and I always tell people I'm the worst. Um oh my god, what is the word? Okay, skeptical. I'm yes. I'm, I'm a skeptic. <laughs> so Which is <laughs> you know, it's so paradoxical because I'm a psychic. And, and I have experienced all this incredible, incredible, incredible experiences. But when it comes to other people, I'm like, hmm. Um I think it's healthy. I think it's healthy to to have to be skeptical Mm -hmm. to a certain degree Mm -hmm. and also to be open, you know, because you cannot be open to just everybody.
1: That's right. That is so true. Yeah. I echo that
0: totally. So um, I'm sorry. The obvious question, Meditations for Psychic Development, the book, where can we find your book? Now that we have told everybody all the wonderful gems in this book, (laughs) they want to buy it. So where can they find it?
1: Yes. And I'm going to just, I'm going to spell my, um my website. It's obnoxiously long and it's my first and last name um, com. So it's Shanda Parkinson, C-H-A-N-D-A, like Shanda, like Panda Parkinson, P-A-R-K-I-N-S-O-N.com. And my book will be there. You can also go on Amazon and get my book. If you want to just bypass <laughs> the website, that's fine too. Uh, you can get it online. Um, And there's several places uh, that hold uh, my book. And so if you prefer independent bookseller, Moon Palace Books in Minneapolis has it. You can order it online ultimately. So, and either in Kindle form or um, paperback.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful book. I really, really recommend everybody to get to it. And um, without further ado, all, all I have left is to ask you, is there anything it's important that you tell us that I haven't asked you yet?
1: I just thought of something, and um, I hope this is appropriate or okay. But um, you know, I since two thousand six, I have worked with individuals on their own personal development with psychic gifts and abilities, and I know you teach classes too. Um, <clears throat> so, not to steal from your thunder, but there is a way to work with me individually if you want to explore that. We just have a conversation. And then um, I utilize astrology. I can see people's gifts and abilities through their astrology chart. And then we set up a series of sessions and exercises to help you own, refine, and build your own gifts. So I think if I were to give people like a takeaway from this, if that's something that really fires you up and you want to just explore at a conversation with me free of any obligation to participate, you can do that. So you just reach out to me through my website and we set it up.
0: Absolutely, and I truly believe that there is no stealing from anybody. The way I see it, the medicine we hold, Chandra, that we all have—we, the healers, the teachers, the you know people that are shakers and movers—that <laughs> we hold a bag of medicine out, and then whoever needs that medicine is going to come
1: oh. to my bag that's so beautiful that you is know. a beautiful image wow. and my
0: medicine is not your medicine and your medicine is not oh, my sure medicine you. but both sure. your and mine are needed out in the world
1: oh you know, I, so. I believe that too
0: yeah i do and with that said of course if you want to hear about me or learn about me or know anything about me <clears throat> you can find me you know terabyte gonzalez on facebook magia serati on instagram i cannot with this throat i'm sorry i i'm dealing with you know healing from a sinus infection and i'm sorry to my audience i'm so self-conscious because this is a podcast
1: you sound beautiful so i haven't noticed it this whole time so
0: i just it drives me nuts and somebody told me the other day what that you're human i'm like yeah i'm supposed to be (laughs) like a robot you know that don't make any sounds with because I also have oh my god, I have to ask you. I also have um misophonia, a hyper awareness, mm-hmm. hypersensitivity to my sound. Yeah. So that's why I'm so self so conscious. Oh. Before we go, I need to ask you. Yeah. yeah. I have a theory. Okay. I have misophonia, so hypersensitivity to sound. Oh. I'm sometimes I'm very sensitive to light and, and colors. And obviously, I'm not into touchy feely with just anybody. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is, I think that all my senses are hyper aware and hypersensitive. As a psychic, does that happen to you? Because I am convinced is a psychic thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it happens in in the in the vein of like, um, <clears throat> how I how I manage my personal time. I'm very protective. Because I know that I, if I'm working with clients all day or I'm serving in a certain vein, um, it's probably not going to work for me to go out into a public space or to go be around a lot of people because it can feel very overwhelming. Um, and so, yes, I don't have um, like physical sensitivities like that, but I do know I have to listen to, and I have to watch my gauge. My own personal gauge will tell me how much more I can like expose myself to and I just say that's that is a sensitivity it's yeah. a very strong energetic sensitivity you know and yeah. I know a lot of other people have that kind of thing too and it's good to listen to that yeah. for sure
0: I have just started to be like forget social norms um I've gone to concerts and I get off before the concert ends and I don't oh, care like yeah absolutely you know yep. I don't want to be on the crowd when we all come out. I don't want to be on the crowd when we all come in. So I will go late to the concert yes. Yes. and then I will leave early. That's perfect. And I'd I'm like, it. I don't care. And people will be like, but you pay for a ticket. You're supposed to stay for the whole thing. Says who? Oof. No, you're going to take care of yourself. Yeah.
1: I'm, I love it when you can prioritize your your needs. Exactly. And sensitivities. That's, oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Well, now I don't want to let you go, but we must. So thank you so much, Chandra, for being on the show today. My pleasure.
1: Thank you. Have me back. You're delightful. This is so
0: much fun. Thank you. Thank talk you. again soon. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being um, so open to talk about this. Um, thank you for writing this wonderful guide and for mm-hmm. teaching out there because we need more people who teach this kind of stuff. And of course, you are coming back when, when your new book comes out. We must have you. <laughs> we'll I, have cannot, I cannot not have you when you write a book about tarot and meditations. <laughs> and um, what is left for me to say is I leave you the microphones. So you say good night to your audience. Good
1: night. Have a wonderful evening.
0: Thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, obviously, thank you, Chandra, for being here. Thank you for all of you who are listening. And um, my job is to remind you that there are over 900 hours of podcasts on CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. You can listen to uh, Selena Fox the third Wednesday of the month with Circle of Nature. You can listen to Charlotte Bear the third Friday of the month with Blue Marble. You can listen to Paganos del Mundo with our, a, range, a range of international uh, podcasters, Cristian Ortiz, Carolina Amor, Monica Gobin, Harwetui, Leva, and Patricia Patricia Finclair, and yours truly on both Spanish and Portuguese every Saturday. And you can listen to, obviously, Lunatic Mondays, the second and fourth Monday of the month. And you can listen to Circle Talk with Deborah Rose, the first and third uh tuesday of the month oh my god there's so many it's so hard to remember so listen to us There are over 900 hours to listen download and share keep to your archives they're absolutely free we do it because we love you and until we meet again never forget that you are loved. goodbye